Well, welcome everybody to A Servant's Heartbeat. My name is Kristen. Thank you for listening and allowing me to share my heartbeat for the kingdom of God with you. Well, before we jump into the topic today, I want to tell you a little about the notes that go along with this podcast and possibly future podcasts. So, an educator by the name of Edward Dale once said, We remember 10% of what we read, 20% of what we hear, 30% of what we see, 50% of what we see and hear. Here's another jump. 70% of what we discuss with others, 80% of what we personally experience, and 95% of what we teach to others. So on the basis of good old statistics, if you're only listening, not just to this podcast, but any podcast for that matter, you may only remember 20% of it. If I'm teaching somebody a Bible study, for example, I would really like to increase more than 20%. So I may want to give them something or hand them something to go along with that. If I'm trying to learn something just for myself, you know, for that that personal growth, I want to increase that percentage. I want more than that 10, 20, or 30% to stick in my little old brain. So in an effort to help you or anybody else who may be listening to this, I want to include some notes that go along with the episodes. So it doesn't matter what platform or it shouldn't matter what platform you are listening on for Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever. All of those should have a note section or a episode description section for the podcast. And in that description, there's going to be a link right at the top. When you click on that link, it will take you to the notes that go along with the episode you are listening to. And those notes will have sections where you can take your own notes. Sometimes there may be a a fill-in-the-blank space. And at the very bottom, there's going to be a button or an option for you to email those notes to yourself. You can write them down, print them out, whatever you want to do. So while you are listening, you can actually click on that link. You can still listen, or you should be able to still listen to the podcast and have those notes open right there, or feel free to use them at the end as a means of helping you recall everything that you learn, because we want more than that 10, 20, or 30%. So the, the goal here is just to use this as a tool to get some conversation going between you and a friend or somebody you were trying to reach to, somebody you want to share the good things of God with. There are several things that we could talk about in the day that could be part of our conversation, but what better thing to talk about than the goodness of God? So let's get some conversation going. All right. So, and also my grammar is not the best. So for all the English people out there that, uh, may catch my spelling errors or grammar errors, I apologize ahead of time. All right, so with that out of the way, let's talk about the topic. So we are going to start this off by thinking about areas inside or around your home. So take a mental tour with me, or if you want to get your steps in for the day, (laughs) take a walk around your house and 
begin to think about the rooms or areas that are connected within or around your house. And I say connected because some may have areas that are associated with their home, but it may not be inside their home, but it's still on your property. So your garage, your the shed, the, the barn, run through that list in your mind or use the notes to, to type those things out. And of those rooms or areas, which are your favorite? Think about the rooms that you want to spend the most amount of time in or things that you or the room or area you enjoy to be in the most. I asked this question a week or so ago in one of our devotions for music, and someone said, it's the kitchen because that's where all the snacks are. (laughs) Well, good point. You're right. I like to eat. And I'm asking those questions because our focus is going to be on a particular room or area not necessarily in our home, but an area in our lives. So as you may have guessed from the title, that area that we are going to focus on is going to be the cellar. But a little background information before we talk about the use or the purpose of that cellar in our lives. So over in First Chronicles chapter 27, there's talk about, or there's preparation for a transition. So if you're following along with your notes here, David is king of Israel, and Solomon, his son, will soon be the next king. But before that transition happens, David is making some arrangements or preparations for the kingdom, for Solomon. And he is, he is setting some things in order. He's appointing captains. He's appointing officers. He's he's choosing leaders for service within and around the kingdom. Now, at first glance, this chapter can seem a bit dry. I mean, it is a long list of names and the positions that they held. But when we can step back and think that these are people that were chosen for a specific area of service in the kingdom. I mean, David said, I want you here, and I want you here, and I want you here. And in one of those areas that that was chosen for an area to, to serve in was the cellar. One sentence that could sum up the this section and, and what we're saying here is verse 31. And it says, all these were the rulers of the substance which was King David's. Well, that word rulers, from the KJV, it says rulers, but other translations say stewards, officials, or the overseers. In short, it's someone who was given the responsibility or a position to take care of the substance which was King David's. Well, what was that substance? Simply put, it's everything David had. It was the property. It was the possessions. It was the goods. Things that were accumulated and would be put into use in the kingdom. So if if we think about this for us, think about your personal substance. Those material things that have some important value to you. I mean, 
Take another quick mental walk through and around your home and consider the things that God has blessed you with. Just in my office alone, there's a bookshelf over there full of books that that I've been given or, or been able to purchase. There's music instruments. There's sound equipment for this podcast. I mean, there are things in here that are important or have some value to me. Well, let's imagine that you're going to be away from home for a while. And for whatever reason, you have to leave and you've got to put somebody as a steward over your substance. What kind of person would you want to be the steward of what you own? Those things that matter to you, those things that are important to you. You've got to appoint somebody over your stuff and and you don't want to come back and things be in a mess. So what what qualities, what character traits would you look for in the individual that was going to be the overseer of your property? What level of maturity, what kind of life experiences would you look for in the person that would be the official over the things you treasure? A good friend of mine, I won't say her name, but you know who you are, said this recently and it was like, wow, that's amazing. But I'm paraphrasing what she said. Her statement was, it's not about the transcript, but your resume. It's not about your transcript, but your resume. In other words, the transcript reflects all the head knowledge, but the resume tells about your experiences. And there's nothing wrong with having head knowledge. I mean, I had to get some of that head knowledge to graduate college. But at the end of the day, what's most important are those experiences. If I don't use the knowledge I've been given and put those into some experiences, some application, what good is it? I want to have experiences with God. And and you may think, if you're taking some notes here and you look at those lists of traits and experiences that you would want somebody to have if they were going to be over your substance— you may think, kind of like I did, God, I'm, I'm missing some of this. God, I, I don't have some of this. Well, my question to, to you and to me, do you want to have it? Do you want to have those qualities? Do you want to have those experiences, those traits, those qualities in your life? Do you want God to use you? Do you want God to help you become more in Him? And if the answer to that is yes, then, hey, you need experiences with him. (laughs) And those experiences can happen in the cellar. The love of God reaches deeper than my words know how to express. And even though I may feel like, God, I I don't amount to this. God, I, I, I want to be able to have this. I want you to use me, but I feel so far from that. Well, God doesn't turn away those that sincerely seek him. And, and I say seek him to, to try to make sure I emphasize I'm not seeking just a position. I'm not seeking just, you know, a role or or place of service, but ultimately I'm seeking Him. And when I begin to seek Him, those experiences, those those traits, those qualities will come and follow. And and God is is looking for 
those that are willing to sincerely seek him. Those that are willing to be willing vessels, laborers willing to do the work of the kingdom. And and even if you don't know, the the first thing about working within the kingdom of God or, or letting God use you to help other people, he is looking for those that, again, will seek him and say, Lord, teach me. When those disciples were, were wanting to know how to pray, one of them said, Lord, teach me. So, you know, what? whatever the place, whatever the position, whatever the role or, or duty, the place of service, I want to have a teachable spirit. Lord, teach me. I want to be mindful of my stewardship habits. I want to be mindful of of my character. I want to be mindful of things like integrity. You know, when when I look at the place I'm serving in or or the role I may have or maybe aspire to 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 give myself in this area, I want to consider what am I doing with what God has given me right now? How am I handling the responsibilities that God has allowed me to have right now? And it, it could just be not necessarily a role, but just the things that God has, has given me in, in material things or in abilities or in talents. All that I have and all that I am belongs to God. And I want to be a good steward of that substance. Now, let's focus on this seller that I've been referring to. So in 1 Chronicles 27.5, there is a list that begins to review the king's substance. It starts out with, I more than likely will say this name wrong, but Asmaveth being over the king's treasures. But there's one particular position that I want to focus on, and we're going to skip down to the last portion of verse 28. And it says, and over the sellers of oil was Joash. So earlier I asked about the rooms in your house or the areas around your home. So you maybe have a storage room, a closet, the attic, the game room, the kitchen, all that good stuff. Can you imagine what your house would be like if you did not have one of those rooms? I mean, who builds a house and leaves out the bathroom or the kitchen? I mean, for the very important insane operation of your house. You probably go need those things. And, and, and bringing a little more background context into this chapter, David was organizing things for Solomon, who was about to be king and would soon start building a temple. So all this substance wasn't just so Solomon could kick back and enjoy being king, but it was also for the preparation of building the temple. And this man, Joash, was over a particular area, an area that would have some importance with that temple. He was over the sellers of oil. Now, in in some places, it's not called sellers of oil. It's referred to as a storehouse or the stores of oil. Now, in, in my mind, just from what I previously know about sellers, 
I thought that it would be something that was below the ground. But as I began to dig into it, not all cellars were below the ground. Some of them were above the ground, but they were covered or in a secret place. In some cases, it was a hidden place. So Joash's work in the cellar may not have been noticed or seen by a lot of people because a cellar or a storehouse of oil was more than likely not out in the open, but it was covered. Now, as a side note, um, I'm not into it as heavily as I used to be, but I used to be really big into essential oils. And if you're going to buy the good quality essential oils, they don't come in clear bottles. It's usually in a dark or an amber colored bottle. And it's recommended that you don't store these out in the open. They, they tell you to, to store them in cool, dark places. Because you see, if the oil is stored in a bottle or in an environment that will expose it to direct sunlight, it eventually will change the composition or it could change the properties of that oil. So there was a reason the oil was kept in a cellar or a storehouse that was covered or hidden. Now, some of the jobs that David appointed to the other rulers or stewards may have been more upfront. They may have been more visible, you know, maybe in the open field or the vineyards or with the animals. It may have been more out in the open compared to this position in the cellar. So for some application to us, not every position in the kingdom of God involves being up front and in front of everybody. Not every position involves being behind a microphone or on the platform. Keeping in mind that the sellers are covered and sometimes in hidden and secret places. So even though this position in the cellar was not seen by everybody, the work the experiences that we just talked about that take place in the cellar were very important to the operation of the temple. And oil in general was important to the Jewish society as a whole. Now, oil, just in, in general terms, was used for so many things. For us, even today, but back then in the temple, and also beyond the temple. So just to look at a few of those things, oil was used in the offerings and the sacrifices. There's many times in the Bible where it talks about something being mingled or mixed with oil. The kings, the priests, the prophets were anointed with oil. It, it was also a custom to anoint an important guest that would come to a banquet. One of those things that, that uh, sticks out in my brain is David said, thou anointest my head with oil. Oil was also used for the light and those lamps that were to burn continually. It talks about that in Leviticus 24. Oil was used for medicine or, or a medical purpose. So you may recall the parable of the Good Samaritan. 
Luke 10, 24 says he bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine. And we just mentioned the essential oils. Well, I got involved or, or kind of wondering about those because of the healing properties that are associated with those oils. And oil was used when preparing food. So in 1 Kings chapter 17, there is a widow woman from Zarephath who only had a handful of meal and a little oil. The oil was also used in trade or in commerce or exchange of things. So you may recall another widow from 2 Kings chapter 4 who only had a pot of oil. Well, she obeyed Elisha the prophet and ended up selling the vessels full of oil and paid her debts. As another example of that, just kind of speaks to the amount of oil. In 1 Kings chapter 5, verse 10, during the process of getting ready to build the temple, Solomon gave large amounts of oil to King Hiram year by year. Now, considering all the things that oil was used for, can you imagine the work and the operation of not just the temple, but lives in general without oil. Like, if you removed the area, if you removed the room that was the cellars of oil, what would happen? If, if there was no one to be a keeper of the oil, what effect would that have on the temple? If there was no one to be a steward of this substance, this oil, what effect would that have, not just on the temple, but again, the lives of other people, when you consider all the things that oil was used for? So my hope is that ending this podcast with questions will cause you to look into that will cause you to, to open your Bible or open uh, a resource that you use to study and, and to dig into this a little bit. So that was part one, or this is part one. Be on the lookout for part two, where we'll continue talking about the seller specifically, as the title says, seller consecration. In the meantime, take these notes and discuss the word of God with someone. Thank y'all for listening, and let's keep our heartbeat in tune with God.